Well, normally at this time in our service, we'd have a time of exhortation, uh, and we will in just a moment. But uh, one of the things that we're wanting to do is uh, to help communicate some of the things that we see as distinctive or unique in our church, or the heart of the, the leadership and the things that we've been living, but also the things that we desire to communicate a little bit more clearly. Of what is the passion and the heartbeat of our church? And over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking just a few moments in each service to, uh, to share with you some of the distinctives that is, as elders we believe are the, the keys of our church. Now, there are other churches that have these things, but it's just helpful to know what are some of the things. Um, God has brought us from many different ways. Many of you have been here many years, some uh, just a short amount of time. But it's a great thing to be able to allow us to communicate these things and You can see inside your bulletin, if you open it up on the bottom right-hand corner, uh, the first distinctive that we want to teach on this morning is the sufficiency of Scripture. And if you read there, it says, We believe that the Scriptures are the final authority in all things. It contains all we need to equip us for a life of faith and service. We seek to daily conform our church and lives to the pattern laid out in the scriptures. When we speak of the sufficiency of scripture, I think it's helpful for us to understand what does that mean and what does it not mean. We recognize that when we say that the scriptures are sufficient, that that is still limiting things. A farmer can't grab the scriptures and know how to drive his tractor to farm his field. Correct? And so that is why we articulate in this, but also we are a confessional Baptist church. We hold to the Second London Baptist Confession, and in it, it says something very similar. In chapter 1, paragraph 1, speaking of the Holy Scriptures, it begins and says, The Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. The scriptures were not intended for us to know how to build a bridge, how to farm a field. Though there are principles that we can apply into our everyday life, it does not tell us those things. Uh, I can't find a, a passage to necessarily tell me I needed to marry Jennifer Hernandez. But we do recognize that though it may not speak directly to those things, often it does give us principles. But the purpose of the scriptures is to give us, to equip us all that we need for a life of faith and service. It gives us the information to know beyond that which is general revelation and creation. General revelation helps us to know that there is a God. Special revelation, meaning the scriptures, give us what we need to know. Who is God? What is sin? And how are we saved? That is the area of faith, but then of service. Uh, how the confession put it, saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Sometimes um, uh, the reformers would speak of it as faith and practice. Sometimes those words are a little confusing, so that's why we chose the word faith and service. We recognize how we are to be saved and how we are saved, but then how we, are, how we ought to live. So the scripture gives us, if you want to use different terminology, doctrine. Who is God? Who are we? What we are to believe, orthodoxy. But then how are we to practice that, or orthopraxy, the fleshing out of that? 
And we recognize that the scriptures are sufficient. Meaning we don't need to turn to other places. And there is no other rule of faith and practice that is to be ever raised above them. And even being a confessional church, we recognize that the confession is not something over scripture. It is something that is to be a a blending of what we believe the scriptures teach. Church councils are wonderful, great heroes of the faith. They're all wonderful, but never to be part, to be put on par or even close to Scripture. As the Reformer stated, sola scriptura, Scripture alone is what guides us. This would be very contrasting to, for instance, say the Catholic Church, who would say that tradition, the Scriptures, and the magisterium are sufficient. The magisterium is the teaching of the church. We, we deny that and we recognize that scripture alone is sufficient. And why is it sufficient? I want to mention just a, a couple things. First of all, it's sufficient for faith and practice or faith and service because it is inspired. It is written by God. 2 Timothy 3.16 is probably the seminal verse on the sufficiency of scripture. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And really, in light of that, and because of that, it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be what? Complete or equipped for every, excuse me, thoroughly equipped. So there's that emphasis there, for every good work. We recognize that the, the scriptures are profitable. They are sufficient because it is from God. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, Peter writes, Knowing this, first, that no prophecy of Scripture is, any, is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God chose as they were, excuse me, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I had that catechism question in my head. Chosen men who wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We know that the scriptures are sufficient because they are inspired, they come from God, but also because it comes from God, they are infallible, meaning they are completely accurate. Psalm 19 is a beautiful psalm speaking of how the word of God is his. It is simple, it is pure, it enlightens the eyes, it endures forever. Now, we recognize that we hold in our hands a translation And the translation that we hold in our hand is not infallible. The original documents that God inspired the authors to write, those are infallible. Because we recognize that there can be, and sometimes even if you pick up, uh, say, an ESV and a New King James, there will be certain words that they use differently. There will be certain passages that some leave in and some leave out because of we're taking and we're understanding Now, does that mean the scriptures are not trustworthy? Absolutely not. It is one of the most historically accurate documents by the proof of all sorts of of, uh, proofs. We can see that. But it is infallible not because of the human authors, but because of the divine authorship of God. It is sufficient also to be authoritative in our life. And that is why it's not just a a book that is written to be authoritative only in how I am to be saved. But through it, there are principles that we can apply into every every day of life. 
And we must submit to them in every area of our life. Paragraph 4 in the Confession in chapter 1 states, The authority of the Holy Scriptures for which it ought to be believed depends not upon the testimony of any man or church, but wholly upon God, who is truth itself. The author thereof, therefore, it is to be received because it is the Word of God. It speaks into our lives. It's not just one of the things we listen to to be sufficient for our lives. It is the authority. And then lastly, we believe that scriptures are sufficient because they are complete. What does 2 Timothy 3 say? That that they are sufficient to equip us for every good work. It wasn't all the good works for right now until there's more revelation to then help you to be fully equipped. No, there, there is not that need for anything else. It is sufficient for all that we need for life and for godliness. Jude chapter 3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for what? For the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Once for all. There is not another book we put alongside scripture and say, these are sufficient. The scripture is sufficient because it is complete. And it is what we turn to. And sometimes it's easy to say, this chapter, this verse, here's how this applies. But there's other times when it's, as we see the character of God here, and as we see this scripture over here, here's how it applies here. And those are harder because it takes wisdom, it takes time. It's not just a quick little pop it open. It causes us to be continually saturating our lives with the word of God so that we might know it, that we may hide God's word in our hearts so that we might not what? Yeah, to sin against him. And therefore, we acknowledge that scripture is sufficient. It is sufficient for life and godliness, for faith, and for practice. And for that, that is why we hold up the scriptures high. That is why we gather and we open the word of God and we teach, as we'll see next week, expositorily. And so again, we want to just lay these out here as a, as a reminder of why do we do what we do? And because of these distinctives, because of what we hold, we flesh it out in our Sunday gatherings, as we flesh it out in our family lives. And all of it is to the praise of the glory of our amazing God. Well, as Doug and Matthew had planned the service, they had chosen one other song, which I think is a a great song.